Ladies and gentlemen, goobers and ghouls, dear listeners, welcome back to Fear Boners. Boners is presented by the Down in Front Podcast, and I'm your host, Andrew. Today we'll be talking about the recently released film Slice, starring Chance the Rapper, Zazie Beats, and a bunch of other folks you'll probably recognize, and we'll get a little bit more in-depth to casting when we start talking about the film. But before we jump into that, dear listeners, just want to get into what I'm drinking and what I'm watching. Seeing as that it's still early on Sunday, I am just drinking some coffee right now. And I, besides Slice, what I've most recently been watching is I've been jumping into Iron Fist Season 2, because I honestly forgot that was just released. And we'll probably wind up covering it on the main podcast over on the Down in Front podcast itself, so I won't get too in-depth into it. But right now, I'm about halfway through the season, and I'm still on the fence. So hopefully, by the time I get to the end of the season, I'll have a more concrete opinion of it. But seeing as we saw a sneak preview of it at San Diego Comic-Con that made us really excited, and now I'm kind of still iffy on it, it's interesting how they managed to handle people's expectations. I'll, I'll say that so far. But anyway, getting into the main feature that we're discussing today, a little film called Slice, which was dropped last week, Sort of as a surprise, I hadn't heard anything about it until I saw on Twitter a bunch of people comparing it to Beyonce dropping a, a secret album out of nowhere. Suddenly Chance the Rapper has a horror movie out there, and people are saying, watch it, it's about pizza, it's about ghosts. I mean, you're introduced in the movie, heads up, obviously we're going to spoil it as we talk about it. But even when you first start the film, the initial line is, this is a story about pizza, ghosts, werewolves, and some, some other shit. We're sort of introduced to an, an interesting setting where it's, it seems like a low-income urban environment where they're almost in the middle of this strange gentrification process, including the fact that ghosts are recognized as individuals, as their own entities, um, and people recognize who's alive and who's dead, and ghosts kind of have their own uh, set of rights and can kind of do their own thing, but they're obviously also, they're a very segmented group from everyone else. And we're sort of introduced to the concept in the beginning of the movie, um, Chris Parnell, who plays a very doting kind of clueless mayor, got to where he is politically by basically building outside of the town of Kingfisher, where this all goes down, a town called Ghost Town, where they basically moved once you die or once you are discovered to be a ghost, you are moved out to this area called Ghost Town, where you're supposed to live almost segregated from everyone else. But that idea throughout the movie tends to, to fall apart. But you can sort of, that builds a, a nice setting, a good background for this film in general. And right off the bat, we see a pizza boy who's delivering a pizza in the beginning of this movie, late at night. The initial pizza boy who winds up getting murdered to introduce us to this film is actually the director himself. At first I saw him in, in the face, I was like, oh, is that is that one of the Culkins? It looks like a Culkin, but I guess it's the, the guy who actually directed the film. Um, now, one of the things I noticed about this film in particular was it's interesting the way that it's shot. 
the way that it's edited and the way that it's sort of presented and produced in that the director himself has more experience doing music videos. And that is very apparent because there are definitely points in this film where certain plot points are carried via slow motion and or very vague montages sort of are narrated over with exposition. So it's kind of, there's, there's definitely a lot of plot holes in this film that are, are filled with that kind of exposition, but it's, it's, it's a bit distracting as well. And there's just so many characters to keep track of. And it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's a terrible movie. It's, it's a lot of great ideas and it seemed like it was going to be really interesting. I did have to watch this in two sittings cause I did fall asleep at one point. I did make sure that I see the entire movie completely in its entirety. I didn't skip any parts. I rewound. I made sure I watched the part that I slept through. And it's it's a start to finish. It's a movie. It's a movie that makes sense. It's a, it's a movie that presents itself as a comedy, horror, mystery of sorts. Basically, we're presented with the fact that this initial pizza boy who was killed is Zazie Beetz boyfriend and she's a wreck that he's been killed and so she goes on this mission of justice to kind of find out who killed him and why and then we're sort of just pulled in all kinds of different directions she works at the pizza place as well which is owned and operated by paul Shear, another great funny guy who's who's great throughout the film and at one point hannibal burris is like a, a patron at a diner or he works at the pizza pl- i'm not quite sure what his whole connection to everything was but he disappears at one point and never comes back and that was kind of weird and he wasn't i don't think he was a little funny he had a couple lines that were sort of funny but that was that was pretty bizarre that he was only in the movie for a couple of minutes but then we're sort of introduced to these police officers who have this hunch who are trying to figure out what the murder mystery is and there's the grizzled veteran detective working with the new green rookie who has these hunches and he doesn't trust him and he's constantly busting his balls and it's sort of like a a, a very stereotypical relationship between the two of them and then it develops throughout the film and we find that there's all this other supernatural stuff akin to ghosts that are sort of also recognized in this universe it's not the rules aren't set up very clearly and they're not followed very well because first it's like yes ghosts exist the way that you can discern a a living person from a ghost is that they have like their faces are paled out and they have rings under their eyes they have makeup on essentially and there's the the potential for other undead Werewolves, obviously, that that concept is introduced at the beginning of the film. Eventually, we find out that there's covens of witches that are responsible for a lot of the bullshit that's going down. And <laughs> there's just so much going... There's a there's a, another side story with a reporter who's very good at her job, but is never recognized for being good at her job, mostly because she's a woman, apparently. And her assistant uh, photographer is the kid who plays Steve from Stranger Things, who kind of comes in and out of nowhere. Like, he's always late for assignments, and she hates that he never shoots her photos, and they have a strange relationship, but then he kind of disappears because there's a lot of scenes with just her, and then he kind of shows up, and it was almost like maybe he was too busy with filming Stranger Things that he couldn't actually be on this set to film, and that was why he wasn't there, because then he kind of just comes back at the end for, like, a weird scene. And it just seems like this was a film that was made to work around other people's schedules, and I was thinking this whole time, okay, well, where's... Uh, it was sort of billed, or it was sort of described to me as, like, a Chance the Rapper movie. 
And I'm not a huge fan of his either way. Like, his music's great, but, like, I'm not, like, seeing this movie just to see Chance the Rapper. But I was like, well, it's already halfway through the movie, and I don't think we've seen him yet. But they keep talking about this werewolf, and they keep talking about, you know, he might be responsible for another string of murders that occurred. And I'm like, oh, well, shit, I guess he's the werewolf. Um aptly named Dax Lysander, a little on the nose, but okay. And I was kind of hoping it was almost going to be, like, there was part of me that was hoping that this film just devolved into a modern-day thriller. Like, I was thinking it was, at one point, it was going to turn into a music video, and all of a sudden, Chance the Rapper would come out and, you know, start dropping rhymes and stuff, dressed as a werewolf. And it kind of almost did. But, again, there was a montage toward the end that looked like it was going to turn into a music video, and it didn't. It just kind of came off as a weird slow-motion, goofy kind of thing. And when Chance the Rapper does finally show up, when he's introduced as this, pardon the pun, lone wolf riding a Vespa, and he takes off his helmet, it's like, oh, there he is, but he's just him. He's not really a werewolf. Um, There's a bunch of weird semi-racist jokes, I guess you could call it they make about werewolves because they're just like well why don't you just go kill this person and he's like not all werewolves do that or you know that's kind of offensive why would you say that why would you just assume i'm going to kill somebody or he's like guys it's not even a full moon like there's sort of that kind of humor around it but it's very distracting and i don't want to shit on this movie too much because i do think people should see it it's a it's a fun watch it's interesting it's funny at times it just feels like a movie that it doesn't know what it wants to be fully but chance the rapper's acting is very distracting in this film because it comes off as very dry, very just out there. Like he's reading the script from a cue card someone's holding off scene. His his reactions or his, uh, his emotions on screen don't seem legitimate. And I'm thinking this is one of his first acting gigs. Like I know he's been in music videos and I think he's done a few other things, but this is the first time he's probably had like full-on scenes with other people, conversations, action scenes, things like that. So by the end of the movie, when he does finally have his big thriller werewolf action scene where he shows up in full makeup, which is kind of, he does kind of look like a, a black teen wolf, to be honest. The prosthetic werewolf effects in the movie weren't fantastic. But there was a lot of computer-generated explosion work and magic work when it's when it's revealed that basically... After a few twists and turns, these these kooky ladies who are trying to fight for ghost rights, but then it's very obviously conveyed to the viewer that these women are working with Chris Parnell's mayor character to basically get people to hate ghosts so that they can destroy ghost town so that they can build other developments. But then that's not even what it is, because then the mayor's killed... And then it turns out that the women are witches, which you sort of have an idea of because they make it sort of obvious because they're, they're always caught doing rituals or holding hands and chanting and doing all this weird shit. And of course, it turns out that the pizza place that everybody works at that has already been revealed to have been built on, I think at one point it's revealed that it was built on a Native American burial ground, but also that it was built on top of a previously cursed psychiatric hospital that was burnt down and a bunch of people died and there's all these bodies apparently that are under it, but they built a pizza place there and it's revealed after all of that, after there's all this ghost activity and the, the women are saying they want to protect ghost rights. The mayor's saying that ghosts are evil. And then the women are saying that ghosts are evil, that there's a, a janitor ghost who doesn't know he's a ghost who lives in the basement of the pizza place. That's guarding the furnace 
and the furnace is actually a gateway to hell. And that scene's kind of funny when the, the, the janitor's like, I'm not a ghost. And then he turns around his skeleton with his his janitor outfit with his name tag on it. And he's like, ah, shit, I am dead. Like, that's kind of funny. A uh, little on the nose again. The writing's not super solid, but it does have its moments. So, yeah, the pizza place is a gateway to hell. Everybody is cursed who worked there or who interacts with the pizza at some point. There's a character who is like a soothsaying, prophesying Native American who keeps telling people, this place is cursed, or like, stay away, or we shouldn't be here, or like, don't doubt me. or Like, he just keeps giving these ominous messages, and then half the time they're just like, oh, delivery guy, don't forget your breadsticks. But then it's like, no, we're doomed. And it's it's kind of funny. This movie wanted to be so many different things, and it pulls you in so many different directions. It does, even though a lot of characters wind up dying, it's sort of, like halfway through the movie, too, a lot of the characters that are sort of developed to be the ones that you think are going to be the main characters, there's too many people who want to be main characters in this movie, also. But what happens is there's too many characters that you want to like, and they just, they all a bunch of them wind up getting killed halfway through the movie. But then at that point, the rules are sort of cloudy anyway, to the point where they just come right back as ghosts. So you don't lose them. It's not like they're not going to be in the rest of the movie. They are. They're just going to be wearing terrible makeup. So that's kind of funny and sort of lessens the the danger in the film severely. Another person who's in the movie is the guy, if you saw The First Purge, one of the main characters from that film plays a drug dealer in this movie, who is introduced as, like, a, a patsy almost, like, to kind of, to, to steer the viewer away from thinking that it's anybody else who's responsible for killing all these pizza boys, because at one point the pizza boy's caught with all this, this stuff called cheese that looks like little packets of Parmesan cheese, but I guess it's drugs, and so Zazie Beats tries to kill him at one point, and then the cops stop her, and they arrest the drug dealer because he's the big cheese and his character's pretty fun. He's kind of an asshole. But that whole, like, I guess it's like maybe 15, 20 minutes of the film, now that I think about it, was completely unnecessary. Like, it's not, there was nothing there that convinced me that it was the drug dealer who was responsible for it. It's kind of like a weird zig that they put into the movie, sort of in the zigzag to kind of try and trick you from thinking it was what it was. I don't think the mystery part of this horror comedy mystery really came across well. I think it was just very much like a, a magician who hadn't quite mastered the sleight of hand trying to trick you to look at his right hand when really what's going on is left hand and you're still just distracted by his left hand. And the movie is fun. Again, like it's not it's not terrible. But yeah, Chance the Rapper's acting is pretty bad throughout. By the time he becomes a werewolf and he has his action scene, there's a couple moments where you think he's about to say something, and either they discover that he couldn't because of the makeup, or they just cut it out. Because there's a couple points where he's he has this epic fight with one of the witches when it's revealed that they're they're the ones that are responsible for killing everybody, and they're the ones that are trying to like open the gateway to hell and like all this other bullshit that just gets crazy towards the end of the movie. And there's a point where it almost looks like he's about to open his mouth and say something, but then he cuts. And I think by that point in the movie, they just knew. But the best part of the whole payoff for, like, the semi-happy ending that kind of kind of leads into it towards the end of this movie is that Paul Shearer thinks that blowing up the pizza place is the right thing to do, does that, ghosts himself, 
so that basically all of the employees of the pizza place that were initially half ghosts and half living people are now all ghosts and he opens up another pizza place but then there's another before before I even get into that I keep forgetting there's so the reason that Chance the Rapper's Dax Lysander werewolf character is involved in the story is because he has been like a legend in the town for a while because there used to be a a Chinese place called Yum Yum Chinese that also sat on the place where the pizza place was, but everybody that worked there was murdered. And for some reason, I'm trying to think of what, because it may be because it happened on a full moon or they don't even explain why. Well, he worked there, but then he gets blamed for killing all of them just because he's a werewolf. So he's he's basically getting profiled because he's a werewolf. They think he killed all the, the, the Chinese food delivery guys. But he didn't, and that's the only thing as you can tell throughout the thing. There's a couple great lines that, that Chance drops throughout the movie where he's just like, I just want to ride my Vespa and deliver quality Chinese food at affordable prices. And it just feels more like a, like you're watching a weird commercial for an actual Chinese food restaurant than you are actually watching a movie. And it's kind of funny. But he has a couple lines like that that he delivers, and it's just like, you could probably do commercials, but I don't think I could watch you in another movie. And there's another great scene at the end where he drives off, and one of the, like, the green police rookie has, like, this strange obsession with the werewolf, maybe because he's a werewolf, or maybe just because, like, I don't, like, there's this weird tension between them, and you can't tell what the director or the writer or the, the people were trying to portray with their weird relationship because he saves his life at one point so after he saves the werewolf saves the the cop's life from getting crushed when they're having their initial chase through a junkyard they're gonna drop a car on him and he saves his life so after that he's like obsessed with him and at the end of the movie he delivers this line about something something i'm a werewolf whatever and he drives off into the sunset or the moonlight it's at night i think and uh (laughs) the best line in the movie the police rookie just stares at him and gives him the million yard stare and he's just godspeed you pizza werewolf or no godspeed you chinese food werewolf and it's like i'm gonna start just saying that to people whether they've seen this movie or not completely out of context i don't care that's that is a great line for any movie but yeah then after that the way that the movie wraps is a commercial for Jack, who is Paul Shear's character, who's dead now, who's a ghost, opens a new pizza place, and I don't think it's in the same location. It's they they stress the fact that it's on like a neutral location that doesn't have any curses or or gateways to hell or buried on top of a a, a cemetery or anything like that. But everybody everybody's in the the commercial pretty much, but all of the people who are actors who are, who have previously acted, are acting as though it's the first time they've ever acted. It's all like, come on, come on down to Jack Jack's pizza place. We have the best pizza. And it's so funny. But then when <laughs> Chance the Rapper is talking about, like, there have been no dead people here. Like, he, he does his lines. He's delivering them the same way he acted through the entire movie. So if you watch this movie, you'll see... 
his acting is dry and and weird and like mechanical and not very well executed because it's his first acting gig. I can't blame the guy. But then at the end of the movie where they almost flip the script and all the all the other people who are like accomplished actors suddenly act like they've never acted and then he's the exact same. And it's it almost makes it even more funny. But yeah, I would probably say if you're going to watch this movie, if you're going to rent this movie, uh, if, if it winds up, I have a feeling it's probably going to wind up on Netflix or some streaming service soon, coming into October and Halloween. It's a good, spooky, weird, like, it's it's got good Halloween vibes. It's just not a really good movie. I would say probably have a, a, a few brews, maybe get a little high, watch the movie, definitely order a pizza before you watch Slice. They have one that they mention in the movie that's actually a personal favorite of mine. I guess they call it a Mrs. Chow's special, but it's pineapple and pepperoni. That's a pretty solid choice. But yeah, order a pizza, get some beers. I don't care. Just, it's a chill movie. You don't have to pay attention to it. You can fall asleep during it. It's worth watching, but I'm telling you, it's it's not a great movie, but it's a fun movie. So I recommend it. Slice, check it out if you have the opportunity. Don't don't judge Chance the Rapper's acting too harshly. Everybody else in the movie's great. Zazie Beetz is great. Uh, Chris Parnell, Hannibal Burst for all of five seconds. Steve from Stranger Things. He pl- he plays a great dick. Like he's he's just an asshole. He's like the asshole photographer, and he is kind of a an asshole. So he has like no like there's no redeeming quality for his character. It's not endearing. He's not one of the ones that you get super super hung up on. So. He's great. Um, just a lot of quirky characters in a strange town with an interesting story. There's a couple points in the movie where I thought it was going to end. And it was like setting up for like a sequel. And I was like, oh god, I hope they don't make a sequel to this movie. But I do. I like the setting. I like how, how fast and loose it was. It was just like we're kind of like a, a weird low-income territory with ghosts and supernatural weirdness. Like I like that general idea. I just don't think it was there 100%, and I don't think the execution was the best. Like, for example, one of the one of the running jokes throughout the entire film is every time we cut back to Chris Parnell's mayor character, he is he is painting a giant portrait of a nude woman and and he's talking to it and he's like, "Oh, you're so you're so confident. Look at you with your your large breasts just out." And he's always painting the boobs. And somebody comes in, it's always, like, awkward. It's the same joke. It happens, like, three or four times throughout the movie where he's, like, hiding his paint supplies and he, like, throws a thing over them, but the boobs are still there. And then by the end of the movie, he says something that's just too funny, and then you see that he's painted a third breast on the woman. <laughs> and it's um, it's a funny portrait. It's It's a funny scene. It's a recurring joke. A lot of what I think is probably inside humor or just things you might not fully get. So they have to tell the joke like three or four times until it finally sticks. You see stuff like that in the movie as well. But yeah, as far as movies goes, not the worst. Definitely not the best, but I totally recommend checking it out if you have the opportunity. Slice with Chance the Rapper, a whole bunch of other people, fun times. But yeah, as always, thanks so much for tuning in for another episode of Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front Podcast. I've been your host, Andrew. The Abs Man, and you can find out more about what we're doing or what we've got going on by tuning into Twitter and finding us over at FearBonersDIFP, or you can shoot us an email directly at FearBonersDIFP at gmail.com. Additionally, if you wanted to see what we're up to over on the main channel, you can check out 
downinfrontpodcast.com, where we have updates regarding what we're coming out with, as well as past episodes and other events that we've got going on there. Um, we also have a Facebook page, facebook.com backslash downinfrontpodcast. Um, we also post our video teasers as well as full episodes over on our YouTube channel. And then also you can find us over on Twitter at underscore D-I-F-P, updating with, again, what episodes we have coming out. And then when we release episodes, you'll be able to find links right on there. You can also email the team directly at the crew at downinfrontpodcast.com. We also have the Gamescast over on Twitch, where you can watch us playing video games and kind of talking through our strategies at twitch.tv backslash downinfrontpodcast. We also have an Instagram account that you can find at Down in Front Podcast, where, again, we post some of our video teasers as well as some of our one-offs. Um, the guys will record Instagram stories as they're going into and coming out of certain films, and you can sort of see their reactions live there, which is fun. And then, again, thank you, as always, for listening. If you enjoy what you've heard, if it gets you through the day, if it fills your quiet hours, either on your commute or your lunch break or what have you, we really appreciate that. And if you want to take a chance to look over on our Patreon, um, even a dollar a month helps any way you feel like you can contribute. Um, basically what that'll do is that'll help us make sure that we get things done um, and released on time so we can get more content to you. We do this for absolutely free. We do it because we love you guys and we love having this ongoing conversation about the films that we're watching and the films that we all love um, together and having this access to sort of bring that to you. Um, so again, any little bit helps. If you have a chance, you can check that out over we're on patreon.com backslash down in front podcast. And thank you so much for tuning in to Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front Podcast. Again, I've been your host, Andrew. It's been an absolute pleasure, dear listeners. And we will be back sooner rather than later. But in the meantime, keep it creepy and stay spooky, dear listeners. Mm-hmm.